Welcome everybody back into Down the Line. As always, I'm your host Carson Brabber, and as I am recording this, we are sitting just a few hours away from the beginning of the most prestigious tournament in tennis, that being of course Wimbledon. We were deprived of the opportunity to see the best players in the world take these fabled grass courts, but we will not be denied again. So today, I'm going to be previewing the tournament, looking at some things that stand out to me in this draw, some bold predictions I have, and we're going to start on the men's side. And I think that far and away, the storyline, the thing that stands out to me is that the opportunity is really, really there for Novak Djokovic to continue his remarkable season and win his third consecutive Grand Slam here to kick off 2021. And of course, he is the presumptive favorite. He is the odds-on favorite right now. That all makes sense when you consider, obviously, the caliber of tennis he's been playing, some of the notable absences from this draw, Rafael Nadal, Dominic Thiem. But I think that this is just generally a favorable draw for him even beyond that in that he won't be facing many threats in the early rounds either. If you look at his most likely path, first round, we know for a fact he's taking on world number 250 Jack Draper, 19-year-old wild card from the UK, who did just have a really good run at Queens Club, beat Sinner, beat Bublik, and was a really good junior, former number seven junior in the world, and showed some impressive grit in that tournament at Queens Club. Came back from two breaks down versus Sinner in the first, was down a break again in the second. Sinner was serving for both of those sets, and Draper found a way to get out of it, and he's an interesting player, I have to say. Considering the results, I'm not all that impressed by his game aesthetically. I think that he's got kind of weird strokes. He gets really low, sometimes can be a little bit bunched up, but he can flatten the ball out from both sides. He can direct it pretty well. I just think when you're talking about him facing off against Novak, obviously, won't be mobile enough, in my opinion. I don't think he's consistent enough from the ground. I don't think he's going to get enough free points off the serve. Not a massive server. I don't trust his weapons enough. I shouldn't have to justify not picking him to beat Novak Djokovic, obviously, but I think that's a pretty favorable first-round matchup in the scheme of things. Again, world number 250, very unproven, obviously, especially at the best-of-five level. And then second round, I'd expect Novak faces Kevin Anderson, who is honestly a kind of scary matchup in the scheme of things compared to his ranking, certainly, at world number 103. Former finalist here at Wimbledon, a guy who's beaten Novak twice before in their careers to Novak's nine wins in that head-to-head matchup. But Novak does lead the head-to-head 3-0 at Wimbledon. This is not the Kevin Anderson of old. Obviously, he can still pose a threat to a lot of people on grass just because of how many free points he'll get off the serve. I don't think he's posing a threat to Novak, though. It's not the easiest second-round draw, but it's not the worst either. And then third round, very favorable. If we're just following the seeding, it would be rule number 35, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, a guy who obviously has played really well this year, just had a phenomenal run at the French and is shooting up the rankings for good reason, but completely unproven on grass. 0-1 there in his career. Personally, I don't think his game is going to translate all that well. He is a guy who moves well, who can crank that heavy topspin forehand, but he's not going to flatten out the ball a ton. He's not going to get a ton of those free points off the serve. Like, I just don't think his game is going to translate there. And he's just generally unproven on the surface. As far as seeds go, pretty unintimidating. And then in the fourth round, the presumptive person who would be there, according to seeding, is Gail Monfils, who is and 2-7 on the year, is clearly not at his best right now. And then the other seed, you could say is the second most likely opponent for Djokovic out of this section, is 17-seeded Garin, who is 2-5 on grass in his career, just another guy who is not a grass court player. So if I'm looking at those four matches, there's nothing that really scares me there. I mean, Kevin Anderson might be the toughest matchup given the surface out of that bunch, unless Monfi is playing like himself again but the results have not been there for him. I don't know that he's very likely to make it to the fourth round, but I don't see really intimidating people elsewhere in that section either. And then once you get to the quarterfinals on, 
you're facing the best players in the world. I mean, you have Rublev as the presumptive guy to come out of that section and face Novak in the quarters, which is, of course, scary. He's 33-10 and 10 on the year. He just made the finals at Halle. But he also hasn't gotten over the hump at a slam yet, hasn't gone past those quarterfinals, even in situations where leading up to the tournament, he's been playing like a top-five player in tennis, and he's never even played Novak before. I'm not going to bet on him to win that matchup the first time around. I think he might be the scariest opponent for Novak to face in this tournament, but I also think that that's kind of telling when you consider normally to win a slam in his career. He's had to beat Peak Rafa, Roger, Andy Murray, obviously these Titans, even a Stan Wawrinka, guys who just are not in this draw right now. And then beyond that, Semis, Sitsipas is the other top four seed on his half. Sitsipas is playing as a top three player in the world right now, a top two player in this draw, in my opinion. But Grass has never been his surface. He's eight and seven there on his career. He's only three and three at Wimbledon. And I think he still is going to have to find a way to become a mental equal of Djokovic's, where I just don't think he is right now. This is not his optimal surface. He has found tremendous success on clay and on hard, not on grass yet. So yeah, that's, again, a very legitimate opponent, but not the kind of guy who strikes fear into Djokovic, in my opinion. Not that there are many people who do, but I just don't think it's an intimidating matchup given Sitsipas' talent level. And then in the final, the bottom half of the draw is going to be Kind of a crapshoot. I think there's a few guys who could come out of it. You could look at Medvedev, but Medvedev is another guy who hasn't had a ton of success on grass. He's 18 and 13 there in his career. Just lost in the first round at Halle. You have Fed, who obviously is maybe the greatest grass court player ever, but he's just 5 and 3 on the year. He does happen to be 39, just really getting into a rhythm coming off of the knee surgeries, who would have to win seven straight best of five matches to actually come home with the title. I just don't see that. Maybe he could get to the final. I don't think he's beating Djokovic, though, especially with the wear and tear of that two-week tournament. When, again, we saw him withdraw from the French just because he didn't want to take that kind of beating on his body. Again, in preservation for Wimbledon, so it makes sense in that respect. But I'm just not going to bet on him being a truly intimidating force if he's able to make it that far. And then you have Zverev as the other most prominent contender in my eyes from the bottom half. And I'll believe he can beat Novak in a best of five when I see it. Like, I just don't think he he has the game. I don't think that he is mentally there. I just will not believe it until I see it. So, again, if you are looking at what Novak has had to do for the majority of his 19 Grand Slam titles, this is not the most intimidating path. And this is, again, facing the best possible seeds. A couple of these guys may get knocked off early, and we don't really know who it's going to be out of the bottom half, certainly. And so, if he can execute there, and deliver to the fact that he is the odds-on favorite right now, he'd be the first man to win the first three slams of the year since Rod Laver in 1969. He'd be the second man of the open era. And that Grand Slam dream, as far as the calendar year Grand Slam, just gets more and more real as he obviously inches closer. And this is going to be a massive two weeks for his legacy. He obviously has the opportunity to tie Rafa and Roger at 20, which would just be so cool to have the three of them share that title for a moment at least until we get to the U.S. Open, and then the race to break that tie would be otherworldly in its excitement. And if it's not him, I don't know who the favorite is. Like, obviously, he is the favorite, but if he gets knocked off early, or who do I think is the best candidate to beat him? The odds have Medvedev right now as that next guy. I saw him at 6-1 to one to win the tournament. I do not understand that. I just think he's not a great grass quarter. Again, we just saw him lose in the first round to Struff who he plays in the first round here. 
I'm just not going to bet on Medvedev figuring it out like that for seven straight matches. The odds that I was looking at had Rublev 40-1, to 1, but he might be my next guy after Djokovic. It's just really about getting past Novak, in my opinion, than, than believing that he can do it. Getting over whatever mental barriers may be there, because he's got a hell of a game for grass, and he's a hell of a player. And of course, he hasn't won a slam yet again. He hasn't been to a semi yet, but that has nothing to do with his talent level. Part of it is just he's only been at this level for so long, and then part of it I do still think is maybe a little bit mental in those big-time situations. Outside of those two, there's a case for Tsitsipas, just because, again, he's been playing like the second-best guy in the field. I don't know about it on grass, though. And so it is really Djokovic and then everybody else in a way that it really isn't normally. But I also think on the flip side of that, as much as we can talk about how dominant Novak has been and how he is the overwhelming favorite here, there is a big opportunity for the field in this tournament because the invincible Giants have been trimmed down to one. Rafa's not here. I don't think you can look at Fed and say that's a top three player in the world right now. He needs to go out there and actively prove it. Maybe he's a top three player on grass, but I think he'd have to play pretty remarkably to actually be a cut above from everybody besides Djokovic in this draw. Like I think he'll be best case scenario mixed in with that next tier of contenders. Worst case scenario, he doesn't even play up to that level. So I'm going to be fascinated to see who capitalizes, who gets out of that bottom half of the draw. Can Tsitsipas, can Rublev really bring the fight to Djokovic and challenge him in that top half? Because right now it feels like it's all him. And again, you cannot overstate how historically significant it would be if he did win this tournament for so many reasons that we can get to if and when he does pull it off. But the odds are also in favor of a lot of those young guys maybe pulling off some magic because instead of beating two immortal giants to win that title as you normally would have to with Rafa and Novak, it would just have to be the one. And we saw Tsitsipas come very close to doing that in the French where Djokovic takes Rafa out of the picture and then Tsitsipas is sitting there on a title's doorstep and <laughs> obviously it's not easy to get past Novak and that's why this is never going to be probable for any of those guys. But it is possible. So beyond that next tier of contenders, I want to just touch on some interesting dark horse guys who I could see making a run, not necessarily to the title, but to the quarters or beyond maybe. And I'm looking at a lot of guys in that bottom half because, again, I do think it's more open. I look first at two guys who are facing off in the first round in Umber and Kyrgios. They had an epic five-setter at the Aussie in the second round there, so it'll be fun to see them face off here. Unfortunate that they're knocking each other off so early because these are two phenomenally talented players. Umber just had a phenomenal run to the title, beating Query, Zverev, Korda, Felix, Rublev, which is a wildly difficult path of challengers to have to surpass. And I'm a huge fan of Umber's game. I think he's very clean, very talented, can change up the pace, can overpower you, beautifully places his serve, like just an incredibly skilled, gifted player. And then Kyrgios, who knows what form he'll be in. We haven't seen him since the Australian, if I'm not mistaken, but he did have his breakthrough moment at Wimbledon. He's 13 and six there all time. He's a big hitter, big server on a fast surface. That's always going to be imposing. And then beyond them, another guy in the same section, Felix Ojealiasim, who has been pretty good thus far in this grass swing. Six and two, just reached a final in a semi. He's 14 and five on grass in his career. This should be his surface pretty much, given his skill set, flattening it out, the big serving, the ability to finish points at the net, all of that. And so I think it is a big chance for him. And all those guys out of that trio would have to get past Zverev in the fourth round to really make a run. That's not easy, but it's also not impossible. Outside of them, 
I think that Isner has an opportunity here. Berrettini and Rude are the highest seeds in his path to a quarterfinal. I'm picking him straight up in either of those matchups. He's been playing pretty well on the year. He's 9-5. I expected a bit of a drop-off from him because he wasn't that impressive last year, and it hasn't really come. He played pretty well even on clay, and obviously grass is a different ball game for him. He's 49-24 and there all time and kind of stands out right now to me as the most imposing, massive-serving grass court specialist of the field with Milos Raonic still out due to injury. But I do think there's another great grass quarter who could make a little bit of noise in Marin Cilic, who was 7-1 and one on grass this season and, again, is hanging out in that bottom half, as is Isner. And I think that Cilic really could knock off Medvedev in the third round because it's a guy who certainly is not as consistently great at this stage in his career. But I think the matchup, given the surface, lines up pretty well for him. And then I look at the top half, and I want to believe in Sinner. He would have to get past Schwartzman and Rublev to get to the semis. Schwartzman, I think he would be the favorite against on grass. Rublev, definitely not in my opinion, but a quarterfinal run from him would be obviously very impressive and significant. But I really just want to see what he's made of on grass. He's 0-2 on grass in his career. Obviously has a skill set that should translate to pretty much any surface, considering just how great he is from the ground, his power, all of that. But I kind of want to see it play out. Shapovalov is another guy. I just wish I trusted him more on grass or overall because to me, these are probably the two most talented players of the next, next generation. Throw Musetti in there. Throw out Garaz in there at this point. Why not? I think he's proven that he belongs there. And Shapovalov has been okay as of late, but overall on his career has not been great on grass. So he has an opportunity, but we'll see if he can actually capitalize. And I'll throw one more young guy in there from the top half of the draw. Sebastian Korda who has Diminar in the first round, and that's a tough matchup, but he's 18-9 on the year, is Korda, and I think should be a perfectly good grass quarter given his size, the variety within his game, and I'm just a believer in him. So I don't think any of these guys are making a run to the finals, certainly, because they are on a half of the draw with Novak Djokovic, but they're all young guys who I believe in, and I kind of want to see how they fare here. So with that, I'm going to get into my official predictions here, and Historically, for tournaments like this, what I've done is I've picked all eight of my quarterfinalists and gone from there. I don't want to do that anymore, all right? It's a little bit rigid, and I would rather just talk about the possibilities I can see playing out, highlighting dark horses like I just did, than saying this is exactly what's going to happen, because I never know. It's always a crapshoot, but I will put my money in a few things that I am, for whatever reason, a little bit more confident in. A few bold predictions. First one, as I hinted at a bit earlier... I think Isner ends up in the quarters here. I just think the draw is there. This is maybe his best tournament historically. That's not true because of Atlanta and Newport, actually, but probably his best surface and the place where he has had his best result at a slam. And so I have faith in him to pull a little bit of magic here. I don't think Medvedev makes it to the fourth round. That's my second bold prediction. I think Chilich could get him. I think Struff could get him even before that. And I just don't trust him on the surface yet. And he hasn't been in phenomenal form as of late. He's been okay, and it's obviously been enough to get him to world number two, but I don't really trust him fully. And then, final bold prediction involves my champion. I think Djokovic loses two sets or less all tournament. I just don't see the threats to him. This is probably a little too bold, frankly, because he may have to go through Rublev, Tsitsipas, and Zverev, Medvedev, Fed, in succession, not all three of those last three, but again, one of the last three out of the bottom half. I'm actually going to have him facing off against Zverev. I think he wins that in straights. 
I think that this is one of his easier paths to a title of all time. And uh, I think that he might kind of breeze through this tournament. It's going to be up to the young guys to pose a challenge to him. And the young guys have proven that they can battle a little bit, but none of them have proven that they can obviously finish the job in the biggest stage. So I'd be surprised if he didn't win this whole thing. I think it would probably be due to some sort of internal collapse on his end. I don't think anybody is cleanly outplaying him, certainly not on his best day. And it's his title to lose at this point. So that's really it for the men's draw. I do want to just continue to throw the team tracker up there because Dominic Team's misfortune this year just continues to spiral with him now not in the draw here due to wrist injury. I highly doubt he would have made any noise at Wimbledon just given that it's his worst surface. Not a good tournament for him historically. He's 5-6 and six at Wimbledon in his career, and he just hadn't been playing well this year. 9-8, and eight, and we hadn't seen him have any of those impressive wins. Didn't see him show up, obviously, at the French, which historically is his best tournament. But I just continue to throw the tracker up there because his deficit is growing and growing. He's 31 in the race to London right now as far as the points that he has accrued in 2021. If Zverev just makes the fourth round, then team is down to world number six in the real rankings. And that's with 2,000 points still on the books for him from the U.S. Open. That's scary stuff. He is slipping and slipping fast. I don't know if he can fall out of the top six because there is a big drop off there. But by the end of the year, Rublev very well could pass him. It may even go deeper than that if team doesn't get back out there healthy and doesn't start winning some matches soon. So he's not in the tournament. Very unfortunate for him. Hope he gets well soon. But you got to just continue to see how he's trending down because it feels a little bit quiet given how much he's actually struggled and now that health is into the picture as well. All right. Now let's talk about the women's side because I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to look at here on both halves of the draw. First thing I'm going to be looking for is what does Ashley Barty really have here? Because for a world number one, she is just so quiet. She's never made the quarters at Wimbledon, and she's had a really good year, 28-6, and six, but hasn't made major noise at a slam, lost in the quarters of the Australian, and then we saw her withdraw from the French, and her last two losses have been by retirement. So I just want to see where she's at health-wise. I saw something about how she's optimistic, excited to get out there. Good. That's great to see but I want to see it play out on a surface that historically has been her weakest. And then I'm interested in how the other big seed in her eighth of the draw performs in Bianca Andreescu, who I am a massive believer in. Before this season, I definitely irrationally picked to win two Grand Slams. It was not Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. It was the Australian in the U.S. Open. But you know what, Bianca? Pick up the slack now. Go ahead and win them both so I can be kind of right. I do not expect that to happen. I don't know that grass is her best surface. She was 1-2 and two in the grass tune-ups, and we just saw her lose in the first round of the French to Zidanecek, I believe it was, who went on to the semis and won in an absolute battle against Andreescu. But just a scary trend for her nonetheless as she continues to get back into form coming off of her injury. But both those players have something to prove. They are dealing with something, either for Barty coming immediately off of this injury, for Andreescu still just trying to get into form after her extended injury absence, and trying to establish themselves as that top dog in an, an Osaka-less world. Because, unfortunately, of course, Osaka is not going to be partaking in Wimbledon. She will be at the Olympics, though, so that will be fun. Not seeing her here, though, I think she would be the favorite to win this tournament, even though she hasn't made noise like that on grass in the past. But again, that race for the throne as who feels like the best player in the world remains open because Barty can have that number one ranking, but it doesn't feel like she's the best player in the world. So they are both involved in that race. But I think that a couple other people 
in the top half of the draw have a major chance. And specifically, I'm looking at Serena Williams and Coco Goff, a couple of Americans, tremendously talented, of course, because the high seed in their quarter of the draw is Alina Svitolina, who went one and two in the grass tune-up tournaments. It just hasn't been all that impressive to me on this year. She's been fine. We saw her make a semi at Wimbledon a few years ago. She's a really good player, but I also think Serena certainly, and even Coco on their best day, especially on grass, can just get to a different level from her. And we have seen Coco play some great tennis this year. 28 and 11 in 2021, 14 and 3 over her last four tournaments. So I think that we might see a scary level from her given the power, the pace that she can play with on grass. And she has a potential fourth round clash with, as I mentioned, Serena, who has frankly the bigger opportunity here because Coco, I just don't trust to string together seven straight high-quality matches. It's always the gamble with her. She can play up to the best. She can also play down far below her level, and she's cleaned it up there a bit, but I'm still going to keep that fear in the back of my mind. But Serena is the best grass court player in the top half of this draw, certainly. And we haven't seen her play outstanding tennis this year. We haven't seen her play on grass yet because obviously you want that little recovery period given the quick turnaround this season from the French to Wimbledon. But she did make the semis at the Australian, and she has made the finals at Wimbledon in her last four times there. And I think she does it again. I think she reaches the final at the very least. This is a good draw for her. I'm not scared of Barty. I'm not scared of Svitolina. Coco, I just think when it really comes down to it, and she has the opportunity for 24, even a few matches out, I believe that Serena can gut out that kind of match. And this is the best chance she has had in a while. We've seen her make four finals since her last slam title, two of them again at Wimbledon. But I think that this is a wide open draw, and right now she is the biggest shark in the water for what feels like the first time in a while. So massive opportunity for her. On the bottom half of the draw, I think there's lots of contenders. We have Pliskova, Kvitova, Kanin, Sviatek, Sakri, Rybakina, Sabalenka, even Ons Jabor. A lot of my favorite players. A lot of people who I am maybe even high on compared to the consensus in this bottom half. Sabalenka is the top seed of the group, but she's 1-3 at Wimbledon all time, and I know that she's been playing really, really well as of late, but... I don't think that she's some overwhelming favorite to come out of this bottom half at all. And then if you look at the second highest seed in the bottom half, it's Kennan, who I just don't think has a grass court game. She lost in the second round in her first two attempts at Wimbledon. She's a different player since then, but just doesn't really attack, isn't going to get a ton of those free points off the serve. Like She's a fighter, she's a grinder, but I don't think this is her surface because it just doesn't match up with her skill set. And then you have Sviatek, who is 24-7 and on the year. I believe is phenomenally talented, but another player I don't think has a grass court game, and it's not as glaring as Kennan because Sviatek can attack, but a lot of that is by varying pace. A lot of that is by mixing in the drop shots and hitting the heavy topspin stuff, pulling people off the court. It's not a lot of the free points. It's not a lot of the quick hitting stuff that defines great grass court players often. So I just don't know if she'll have enough of that easy stuff. I'm not counting her out. I think she could be scary. But I don't think she's some, again, overwhelming favorite to come out of this half. And then I want to bet on maybe a grass court specialist historically, like Kvitova. Not a grass court specialist. She's been a great player on all services, but that's where she's had her best results. But she also hasn't made the quarters at Wimbledon since 2014, which feels weird. But I don't know that she, again, has been that dominant as of late there. 
And then I just keep looking down the names. Rybakina is intriguing as just a great young talent who I trust on a faster surface. I would even consider Madison Keys, who I didn't mention earlier just because it's a pretty wide open section and on a fast surface. Historically, she's been better at the U.S. Open. She's been even better at the Australian, I believe. But she's still scary on grass. But I think the person I'm going to trust most out of this bottom half is Muguruza, who very fittingly has played Wimbledon seven times, has lost in the first or second round five times, and has reached the final the other two times. So maybe we'll know what's in store for her if she can get past those first two matches, and it may be a run all the way again to that final two. And I'm just going to bet on talent here. I'm going to bet on the player whose skill set matches up, who has the powerful, big serving, big ground strokes game. I think it comes down to her or Sviatek as far as who I trust most here, but I'll take Muguruza with the experience and with just the high ceiling she can reach on the surface all the way to the finals. So, I've told you my finalists. I'll get into my final prediction. But before I do, just a couple things to watch for in this draw that I want to highlight. I think we have a fun first-round matchup with Kvitova versus Sloane Stevens. Sloane, a dangerous player on grass, I would say, because of the pace, the power. And she's been playing pretty well as of late, at least had a good run at the French. Hadn't been playing all that well before that, but that's the thing with her. She can be volatile, so that's a cool one. And then Coco Vandaway is going to be back in action here and has been trying to make a comeback from a couple really unfortunate injuries, but she just won five matches, including qualifying at Birmingham, uh, grass court tune-up, and this has been her best tournament historically. She's a two-time quarterfinalist at Wimbledon, so a name that not being ranked in the top 200 right now isn't necessarily a front-runner to win the whole thing, but could make maybe a little bit of noise. She's not in the easiest section because she will probably play Johanna Conta in the second round, who has made the semis and quarters at Wimbledon in the last three years at her home nations tournament, but that would be a really fun second round matchup. So there you go. A couple fun things to look out for. Now my official bold predictions. And again, I've got three of them. Number one, Svitolina loses in the second round to Amanda Anisimova. This is pure favoritism. Anisimova has not been playing well as of late, not particularly well at least, has really struggled since the passing of her father, which is just so unfortunate, such a talented player, but she is still 19, and I believe in the talent, and I'm always a bit of a Svitolina skeptic, so I don't know that grass is Anisimova's best service, I don't think it is at all, she's had her best results on clay, but I think that her game translates anywhere. I think she's really talented, and I want to see her turn it around. This would be a great opportunity to do it and open up that draw for Coco and Serena, as I mentioned earlier. And then I'm just going to take that a step further and say that none of the top four seeds are alive by the quarterfinals. Whoa, wild take, right? Not that wild given what we've seen in women's tennis for the past year plus now where it has just been utter chaos. I think if you look at Barty, she's looking at Conta as a dangerous Shark in the water in her section. Maybe Kiki Burton's. Sabalenka would have a bunch of challenges to get through. Rybakina, Sakari, Muguruza. Again, in that loaded bottom half. Svitolina, I already said I would have losing to Anisimova. And then Kennan, I just don't trust on grass yet. Could be Elise Mertens who gets her. She's in her section. Could be Madison Keys. But I'm not betting on any of them to get to the quarters. And I could have extended this to the top five because Andreescu doesn't have any crazy tough matchups, but... Not going to bet on her to have a deep run at this point, but I don't want to bet against Andreescu because, you know, I'm a big fan of her playing and I want to see her get back on the horse. I don't want to short her ability to play right now. So there's my first two. My final one, I think, is just the final that I have here. 
and who I do have winning, I have Serena Williams. I guess that's not that bold. I think that she is actually the leading favorite right now, but it's just crazy to say out loud that I actually think she is going to win number 24 because I haven't felt that way since I started doing this show, certainly. And this is going to be a really fun matchup if we do get it. They are 3-3 three and three against each other all time. Serena won their lone grass meeting at the Wimbledon final in 2015. I just don't think if she gets to a fifth slam final since her last victory, she'll be denied again. Muguruza, volatile match to match. You never know what you're going to get. You get some really great days. You get some not so great days. And I think this would be a battle, but I would take Serena in three. It's two great grass court players, two phenomenally talented players overall, who hopefully can get to their highest level and, again, make some noise here. So there it is. There's your preview I think that this is going to be a very interesting tournament. I'm optimistic that on the women's side, we have a much better two weeks than we did at the French, which I just didn't think was all that exciting because of how random it felt towards the end. A deep Serena run would be great for women's tennis right now, as would Novak Djokovic winning a third straight slam because then you would be on the verge of some massive history and you would have two different players tie the all-time major record within their respective gender and maybe continue to establish their case as the greatest ever. And as a fan of greatness, I would love to see that happen. So there you have it. The action starts very soon. It may have already started by the time you're listening to this. Probably will have, honestly. And I can't wait to see it all unfold. So with that, as always, I've been Carson Brabber. This was Down the Line. Hope you've enjoyed